Recording in. Good evening. Um, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. Good evening. Today is Tuesday, January 31st, 2023, and we are studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is, are the prefaces, the forewords, and stories. And our speaker tonight is Ginger F. Thank you, Ginger. Take it away. Welcome. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm Ginger, grateful, uh, compulsive overeater. Um, so I'm going to start with um, qualifying. I came in, I came in basically the end of 2021, stayed for just a little bit, left. And my abstinence was, it'd be February 12th of, um, it'd be a year, February 12th. Um, and I've almost lost 94 pounds. So there is, um, that's my qualifying. Um, so I'll start out um, where I came from. I, I grew up in Georgia. Um, I grew up in a family and um, realizing now working, working the steps. I grew up in a family where I had a I had a compulsive overeater and I had a restrictor. So I am a restrictor too. Um, and that's all I knew. So I was born that way. I definitely was born that way. Um, and that's all I knew. Um, my dad's a compulsive overeater. I don't want to take his inventory. My mother is a restrictor. Um, so I had to look a certain way. Um, I had to look a certain way, but also I wanted that sugar. Um, so man, you know, and I, and I think about that, um, at a, at a certain age, at that young age, um, you know, my mother laying out certain clothes, um, but my dad like putting food in front of me. Um, and, and, and that's all I knew. That's all I knew. Um, that at a certain age, um, my teens, um, diet pills pushed in, in front of me. Um, it was all the way into my twenties. Um, and, um, that's all I knew. Um, and my head twisted back and forth, um, of, of between restricting and compulsive eating, um, and I would go back and forth. Um, so during the day, I would I would eat eat like a lady, and at night, I would eat like a man. And I didn't know any different. Um, and and I need validation. And I need to say this: um, I needed validation from men. And I think a lot of that was. So from the compulsive eating um, and and I think back because I've been doing a lot of writing on this. Um, I've been married several, several times and um, they were all my fault. Um, compulsive eating had a lot to do with that. Um, whew. And, and I'm in another program um, and I've made amends, but it's like, I'm looking at that, but, um, and I had so much rage from that, but yes, um, oof, but I, I didn't understand. I didn't understand um, what I was doing. Um, I thought eating that way 
during the day and then eating that way at night was normal. Um, and then having so much rage um, and then trying to find all these diet programs. I just didn't understand. Um, I didn't understand what I was doing. Um, and then my mom was just crazy because there was so much sugar in there. Um, so, and, and that was up until 30s and 40. Um, so, you know, I, I, I didn't know a different way. That's all I knew. Um, and I needed that validation. Um, needed the validation. Um, and, and that was my high. I think that was my high. I think, you know, going back and looking at it, that was my high. I used to think, God, if I could just get in the bed at night and eat that sugar, that would make me feel good. Um, I had a big ego huge ego, like a suitcase with an ego carried around because I'm God and I know everything. Um, I'm smarter than everybody, I, you know, um, but then I wouldn't act that. I'd try not to act that part with everybody else. I'd act that I was just humble, but I wasn't. I had a huge ego. I'm better than you. I know this. I was that person. And I hate saying that, but I was that person. Um, and um, like I'm sweating even talking about it. Um, and it wasn't an ego look at a certain way. It was an ego in a business part of way. Because I wanted, I wanted to play that part. But it was, the, it was the eating. I would eat it away. I would eat at people. Um, Five minutes, Ginger. Thank you. Um, so what happened? Um, okay. Um, I have in, a, in my last marriage, we've been married, um, 13 years. Um, and I have a child with special needs and I got to my bottom point, 250 pounds. And, um, I have a child with autism who's nonverbal and I can't live this way anymore. And um, I'm waking up every day with like, I can't even get out of bed. I found this program and um, through someone else who I sponsored another program and they told me about it. And I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? But um, I tried it. I left and came back, but I tried it. Um, but I had a bottom. I was rageful. I was angry. I was very abusive towards my husband because I thought he had the problem. Um, Cause he hasn't, and I'm not going to take his inventory. He has his thing. Um, I was, I was, it was, it was bad. I, it was bad. I had to do something. Um, my rock bottom was, ordering DoorDash every night in the pandemic, three, three times a night ordering stuff and then lying about it, saying it's not mine. Um, sick and just the hate. But I have, I have this little boy that needs me. Um, and then I needed myself. And um, 
And, you know, I, and I can sit there and I can, I can condemn my husband, but I'm an addict. I'm a bad addict. I'm an alcoholic of foods. And, um, but I would go to this other program and talk about how good I was, but I'm sitting here coming home and stuff in my face and sick and wake up with stuff all over me. And it it was bad. It was bad, but rageful, very rageful and very abusive. I had a rage about me that if I didn't do something about, I was going to end up just like my dad who did things to me. So I knew that if I, if I didn't take this serious, I was going to go down that, go down that path. So I remember there was a, a lady, she was out of California and I was texting her and she's like, you're going to find this miracle. And I'm like, well, what the hell are you talking about this miracle? And I kept texting her. I found a temporary sponsor. I found a sponsor and I found the miracle. And oh my gosh. And little by little, oh my gosh, it was, it was, I mean, it was hard as hell at first because I was like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to give this up? And I don't, I don't understand because people would say it's not about the food, but it's, you know, about the food, work the steps. I want, you know, I want, I want this different way of life. And man, um, little by little, I've been doing it um, almost a year. Um, and I can say today, my rage is lifted. Um, I don't have that rage anymore. Uh, today, um, I do a meeting, sometimes two a day. Um, I call people every day. Um, I sponsor people. Um, I do a lot of reading. I do a lot of podcasts. Um, 10 minutes, Ginger. Thank you. Um, I've, I've spoke before on other other meetings, get nervous as hell. Um, I, I do a lot of writing. That's what I do, a lot of writing. So I still get angry, but the first thought that comes to my head does not have to come out of my mouth. So if I'm angry, I can write about it. And then I don't have to say it. And I keep coming back because it works. Um, I'm not lonely because this is a we program. This is a disease. And I know that I'm here for life. Um, you know, and I like this part in, in spite of the great increase in size and the span of the fellowship as it, the core remains simple and personal each day, somewhere in the world, the recovery begins with one alcoholic talks with another alcoholic, sharing experience, strength, and hope. And that's what happened with me 
when this lady, which I cannot find her number, she helped me. And that's what, that's what I do. That's what other people, we all do. Um, we help each other. Um, and it's like, it's just for today, one day at a time, just, you know, keep doing the next right thing. Um, you, sometimes it's just for the hour. Um, I always say, you know, your head's a dangerous place. So I'll go there alone. Um, and um, sometimes I make more than three calls a day. It just depends what I'm feeling. Um, you know, I'm, you know, I want, I'm a better me. Um, my marriage is better. The other person hadn't changed, but I've changed. Um, I'm a better mother. Um, I can be there for my son. Um, my head's still crazy, but I can rationalize it out now. Um, I've met such great people. I don't feel like, I feel like I'm like everybody, I feel understood. Because before, um, it's like when I would say I would eat out of the freezer, or I'd do this or I'd do that, I, I would feel ashamed. I don't feel ashamed anymore. Um, you know, and I've all these crazy things I used to do. Um, so, um, you know, um, like I had a panic attack before I did this. I called my sponsor. You know, I'm an extrovert, but I still have panic attacks when I speak. And that's my disease thinking. I actually name my disease. And I tell that disease just to go away. Go away. Get the hell away from me. Um, so, you know, and I can cuss and it's okay. Um, you know, I cuss and write and, and just get, get it all out of, it's poison, it's poison. And, you know, I mean, and, and I just want to get rid of that shame. And that's why I keep coming back to these rooms and thank God for Zoom. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much, Ginger. <laughs> so beautiful. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or star nine if you're on the phone. And the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. Would the timekeeper please set a timer of three minutes for each share and announce when the time is up. If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. Okay. Um, We will now start with sharing. All right, I'm gonna call people in tonight because Betty's working on her small device where she can't see everyone. So Ian, go ahead and share with us, please. Hi, I'm Ian F, Compulsive Overeater. Very grateful to be here. Um, very grateful to hear Ginger speak. That was awesome. Um, that was awesome. You know, hearing 
um, I seek validation from men just like felt so understood in that moment, <laughs> you know, not even, not even just like potential partners, but just like people, you know, like, like the high that I get off of food, that's one thing. And then, and then the food goes away and it's like, I need, I need to feel fulfilled by people, by my ability to do my job correctly, by my physical appearance, by this, by that. And just there's this constant cycle, which is which is what my disease tells me of like, I need that validation elsewhere. And I continue to look for it. And then it disappoints me because it's not perfect. And I'm reminded, oh, it's not where I find that. I find it up there, you know. Um, and just like hearing, hearing someone speak, <laughs> like just happen, is one of the coolest things in the world to me because it's like, you can see a person who who has that, who has that connection, and you can feel it. You know, you can you can feel it in your chest. And when you talk about recovery begins when one compulsive overeater talks to another compulsive overeater, sharing experience, strength, and hope. That's what that is. You know, like there's there's nothing more powerful than that. I really believe that. You know how you can. You can be in this whirlwind of a day. You can be experiencing so many things at once. And then you just sit down with someone and you share. And then suddenly all that other stuff, it's just, it's not there anymore. You know, um, that's what service is. I think it's beautiful. I think it was exemplified very well um, because it's just like, it gets you out of your head, your dangerous neighborhood of a head, right? I love it. I love it. Um, so thank you so much, Ginger. I really appreciate it. I look forward to everyone sharing. I love you all. Thank you, Ian. Alex M, go ahead. Hey, I'm Alex. I'm a compulsive eater and bulimic. Thank you so much. Um, it's my first time at this meeting. And I, I feel like it was a real God shot that I just like uh, I was like hitting, I hit a bottom today that I just was like, I gotta, get, I gotta get on a meeting and I got my kids to bed and, and got here. And, um, you know, I have been in this program for 21 years and, um, have had various versions of recovery and, um, was working a particular sort of branch of OA that I stopped working and then really lost my recovery. Um, and have had a really hard time putting date, even, you know, after years and years of abstinence, being back in a place where I, I can't put a day together sometimes, you know, and, um, and, uh, I, you know, I have a friend from the program who used to always say, God, it's the last thing you think of. And the first thing that works. And, um, I always thought that was really funny and I really believe it. And, um, I do all this, I do just like massive amounts of work to try to connect to God. But the reality is like, I can't do it alone, you know? And, and if I don't, if I don't hear you, you guys, if I don't, he, you know, if, like I get it, you know, I get on my knees in the morning and I pray and I meditate and then my day starts. And it's like that ego that you talked about, like it's, you know, 20 years sober and, and in food fellowship, you know, it's just like that ego is just, it grows back every day. And it's, it's, it's vicious. And it, and it's like, it steals my perspective 
And then I am in this position of like, you know, they talk about in the big book, you know, blotting out the consciousness of my intolerable situation, which is like my attitude towards the world and sort of this defensiveness of like self-protection and trying to take care of myself. And, um, you know, what's, what, where I don't blame it for why I lost my abstinence, but, um, I have a son with autism and, um, dealing with it the past few years, like trying to just take care of everyone. And also at the same time on a daily basis, like bracing myself against like, God, this is not what I want. Like, this is not what I want it to look like. Like, I'm pissed. I don't like this, like for him, for me, for all of us. And um, coming on a meeting, it's like, I hear whether it's, you know, your example is a little bit specifically connected, but other people just, you know, it's like life. It's just life happening and it's not happening at me. It's just life. And, um, and I need that. I need that power so badly every day because, you know, that line that was read, uh, I'll wrap up that line that was read, you know, am I even willing to believe that there's a power greater than myself that can help? And like on my own, I default right back to like all my knowledge, all my work, I default right back to like self-reliance, just self-reliance. I'm going to take care of everything. And um, that's going to kill me because it brings me to the refrigerator. And um, so anyways, I'm, thank you all for being here and for listening. I'm, I'm grateful to be here. Thank you, Alex. Please keep coming back. We'd love to see you back again. Uh, Stacy, go ahead. Hi, thanks so much. I'm Stacy. I'm a recovering compulsive reader. I think this might be the first time I'm sharing in a meeting, and um, today is 31 days, so I'm I'm really grateful. Ginger, that was so incredibly inspiring. Um, I listen to people like you and I think, well, if it can happen for them, it can happen for me. And, and that's just, that's what it makes me feel like. And that's why these meetings are so important to me. Um, I was in program for a long time and then I left for a long time and then I came back and, you know, I, I really felt like I had it figured out. Like I really felt like I was in charge. And then by the end of this year, I really, I think for the first time, truly just waved the white flag. Like I just, I, I, I was out of ideas. I was really, really out of ideas and I never felt so hopeless. And um, now all of a sudden I'm reading everything, like I'm reading it for the first time and I'm listening to people, like I'm hearing them for the first time. And I do, um, I do feel a level of honesty, openness, and willingness that I haven't felt before. And I'm not sure why I'm able to follow my food plan every day. I'm not sure why all of a sudden I'm willing to turn everything over the night before. I'm not sure why I'm willing to do two meetings a day and call people I don't know. And, and um, I don't really know why, um, but I'm incredibly, incredibly grateful. So I'm on step one right now. And I do have a question for you, Ginger. Um, you know, I, I just read Bill's story and I never realized how much I relate to Bill uh, in, in so many different levels. And the end, when he has his spiritual awakening, I feel like right now I'm kind of at the point where Bill was, where he said he believed in a general spirit of the universe, but it wasn't personal. Like, I believe there's something. I just don't feel personal attachment to it yet. And in the spiritual experience on page 567, it says they have tapped an and unsuspected inner resource 
And, and so my question for you, Ginger, is as you work this, like, for you, how, how did you, how did you tap into that unsuspected inner resource? Like, how did you develop that, that contact with a power greater than yourself? Thank you. I think it, for me, it took, well, I've always had that connection with a higher power, but for me, it took really digging deep, um, working the steps and I mean, it just happened. Um, they they kept I go, kept going to meetings, and the more absence I had, and I was like, wow, wow, it it, it happened. They kept saying this miracle is going to happen, and it happened. And it it was, and they kept saying the miracle and the miracle and the miracle, and and I felt it. And I thought when I would call people and that phone got heavy and I didn't know these people and I was depressed at first because I was like all this, stuff, but it, I felt it. And I did a lot of writing. I'd say, dear God, please take this. Dear God, please take this. Dear God, please. And I cuss too. say bad things sometimes, but it, it, it just, it, it, it lifted and I felt that connection and I feel closer and every morning I get up and I do it. And sometimes I do it in the middle of the day. If I feel like I need to reset. So. Excellent. Thanks for that, Ginger. And thank you, Stacy. Congratulations on 30 days. Elizabeth, would you share with us? Hi, everybody. Elizabeth, uh, really grateful to be here today and um, have a question for Ginger, um, which is based on uh, me starting to come to this program at the beginning of last year and feeling so um, seen and so supported and feeling so overwhelmed and freaked out. And I felt this huge activation of the mental obsession that I'll probably uncover and see that what I'm about to say is maybe not so true, but I felt like it was dormant for a while. And um, I think that what caused me to leave the program for as long as I did was just feeling so freaked out by that activation of the mental obsession, which I think was my addict being scared because it was like seen by me. Um, and so my question is because, you know, now, now I'm back a year later almost and just in the past year it's like uh destroyed my relationship I'm working this job that totally feeds my addiction I'm like knee deep in it and um I just would love to hear your experience with how you approach the mental obsession aspect of this disease and 
um, where you're at now with that part of, of the disease. So thanks so much. Thank you. Um, so that I'm not in the food. Yes, because now I have this obsessive mind that I have to deal with because it's like this. Um, I have to give it over every day. And I do, the, the writing helps um, because, and I have to talk to my disease and tell it to get, get it in the back seat. Um, and then I have people I talk to every day and like, okay, I need to talk to you about this. Um, and working the steps and talking to my sponsor. The writing really helps pen to paper. I, I, I say that to so many people um, because my mind is very obsessive compulsive, but I do the writing. It, it works. And then if I don't have a piece of paper, I get on my notepad on my phone and I write about it because I can't let my mind take over because I'm not in the food anymore. The food was my alcohol. I don't have that anymore. And I can't get stuck anymore. So I got to let it go. That's what I do. I write. So if I'm thinking obsessive, like about, let's say my business, I sit there and I write about it and I let it go. Because if I pick it back up, I'm doing self-will. I'm not letting my higher power take care of it. And I'm sitting there doing this mixer. So I have to let it go. I hope that helps. Thank you, Ginger. Uh, Eileen, will you share with us, please? Sure. Can you hear me? Put on my okay, great, awesome. Um, Eileen, recovering compulsive overeater. Oh, hello, everybody. Um, I keep trying not to speak like because I speak so often and I'm like, I can't help it. Um, so I'm so happy to see all of you tonight. Um, Ginger, thank you so much for speaking. What a get! Thank you, Lisa, for, for grabbing her. Um, and I also like on a personal note could just like listen to your accent, like for days as, as a Southern Los Angeles, California girl, I'm like totally fangirling over it. Um, but I wanted to say, um, I too am, am, am an autism mom. Oh, probably shouldn't be screaming that. <laughs> not that we, it's not a secret in this house. Um, and um, we talk pretty freely about that. Um, but my, um, it was just so interesting. You were talking about the, um, the the uh, food that that's delivered and you know my son gets food delivered and it's fine i'm like you know order some dinner and and i i wasn't asked tonight what i wanted and i always say nothing every single time but like i want to be asked <laughs> you know it's like i want to like be like i want to be asked like what do you want because i may choose differently you know I may choose one day but I never do um and then I'm like oh what'd you get you know it's like I want to know I want to like know what's going on over there um and uh it was just so interesting it's like it's not my food it's not my food and it's really none of my business but it's like you know the envy of the teenage the 15 year old boy who gets to kind of eat with abundance but anyways um 
Yeah. Um, I'm just so grateful and grateful that like, yeah, it's not my food. And, um, and I have my food. My food has been committed since this morning. Um, so I already know what I'm eating today. And, uh, I loved hearing about, um, I know we've been talking about miracles, but so many, I have so many miracles today, right? Well, like for me, like being on this meeting tonight, um, turning to God, there's so many things today. I'm embarking on a new career and oh, it's an old career that's coming back and there's so much fear and I'm just doing so much footwork. Um, and I'm just, but I'm doing the footwork. I'm doing the footwork and it's scary because, you know, I was so good at my other job, but I didn't like it, but I knew it. And now I'm doing something that, you know, really speaks to my heart. Um, and so it's, exciting and scary and God, I just, I know I'm going to flourish in it because it speaks to my heart. And I know that whatever my heart, sing, what makes my heart sings is what's going to call to me, what's going to make it work. So um, I just need to keep remembering, bring God into all that whole entire process, which is what I'm doing. So um, anyways, um, really glad to be here tonight. I'm really glad to be here with all of you and, and share and, um, listen to your experiences and Ginger, thank you again for, for leading tonight. It really meant a lot. Thank you, Eileen and Joanny, do you want to share with us? Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Uh, hold on. Thank you, Ginger, for your uh, share. Oh, boy, I can relate to it. Uh, uh, grateful, compulsive, overeater, recovered by God's grace and love. Love, love, love. Got fed up. Got fed up of me suffering. And uh, he just, you know, said, okay, let's give this one a chance. And, um, you know, life doesn't change. We do. And how we deal with it in recovery versus in, uh, in the disease. Um, I'm going through a hard time with my daughter uh, she's completely cut herself off from the family from me and um, the emotions that come with that the fears and all the deep-rooted whatever's came out yesterday curled up in a fetal position and it was it was the miracle of this fellowship that I was able to speak to not one, but two and three fellows doing my step 10. This morning, talking to what I call my soul sister. While I'm on the treadmill crying and telling her about it. Whereas over a year ago, I would have been in the food. Stuffing my face. Life doesn't change it's still out there we change and that is the grace and miracle of this program that we have support and we have uh, this this unconditional love from all of us and the miracle of hearing shares like yours ginger and shares like my fellows and my sponsees, keeping it, keeping it real for me and 
I have a choice today that food is no longer the solution for me. It is facing the emotions in a healthy, healthy way. And they'll pass. This too shall pass, just like every other emotion. And um, for those who are struggling, if it can happen to me, it can happen to anybody. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm going to stop the recording now.